It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Daryl Dapper is joining me as we discuss Demarcus Riddick, the five-star linebacker, has committed to the Auburn Tigers over Alabama, over Georgia. Daryl, what a huge win for Hugh Freeze and this Auburn coaching staff. It's big. I mean, uh, there's not enough adjectives or superlatives to talk about how big this is. There's a number of factors. But just the the obvious factor is you go head-to-head against Georgia and Alabama and get a five-star. So, number one, it's the highest-ranked recruit in the class right now for 2024. That is huge. That's big. Number two, you're going against the standard right now. The standard of college football the last five years, recruiting and on the field, quite honestly, with championships. You go head-to-head with them. You flip him from Georgia, which is I love, which is big. And then the rumor was that if he does flip, he's going to flip and go to Alabama. So you go head-to-head with Alabama and get him to commit. Those factors, to me, outweigh the fact that he's a five-star. Five-star is great. Five-star is off the chart, highest-rated player in the class. But the the journey or the way you navigate to get him, I think, is huge. And we'll talk about the impact later, what this does historically for an Auburn commitment. I mean, this is one of the bigger wins that Auburn has had in a long, long time. And don't get me wrong, Joseph Phillips a few weeks ago was big because you held off a late push by Georgia. But now, a guy that was committed to Georgia – for a hot minute, a guy that Georgia wanted, it's not like they just backed off and left him alone. Georgia still wanted Demarcus Riddick, but he quit visiting Athens because he was so interested in what Auburn and Tuscaloosa were pitching to him. And then ultimately, he decided to join Hugh Freeze and this Auburn staff and this Auburn group of commits that continues to get better and better every single week. Um, cool way that he did it. He wanted to do this today uh, before Big Cat Weekend because today is his mother's birthday, so happy birthday to her. But the way he announced it, if you were unable to watch the live stream, is he handed her a happy birthday bag and said, you know, happy birthday, mom, I want to give you this gift. And with that, I'm going to commit. And then she took out an Auburn hat, and he said, I'm I'm going to Auburn University. So just what an incredible moment um, for this staff because we've talked about the effort that the staff is putting in and how they really got a, they, they got a late start with a 2024 class just by nature of the timing that they started and also the situation that they took over things out of their control. And they've just like scratched and clawed. And all of a sudden you have to respect what this class has become. What's so important about getting players like this. And I don't want to make it sound like dramatic, but it's program altering for a couple reasons. Hugh Freeze came in and salvaged the 2023 class. He also flipped the roster and had the the third highest ranked portal transfer class. So what that does is gives you immediate gratification. It, It gives you immediate improvement. But you know what? Auburn has had that in the past. They've had those one off, two off years where they've shocked the world. What Auburn needs and what the Auburn family wants is sustainability. Don't just do it for one year, do it for five. The only way you get that done is getting recruits like this for future classes. 
2024, right. 2025. Right. When you start building top 10 classes in years to come, then you sustain that success. It's easy to kind of flip a roster, not easy, but it can happen to flip a roster, improve right away, go from five wins to eight wins, look great, have some ascension, but to go from eight to 11 or 12 and to stay there and compete for championships, you need players like this. And that's why I think it's program altering and it's also program altering because I agree, shout out to our guy, Charlie Five, who says guys like Riddick are players that other elite players want to come play with. That's right. So it becomes a domino effect, and you start to see other recruits. And then once that happens, Zach, the only thing left will be proof of concept on the field to check that box. Yep, that's right. That's right. And so I, I think I think this win was symbolic, right? Because uh, Charlie Five told this story on Locked on Auburn Tuesday about how, okay, Hugh Freeze got done with his presser when he was hired to be the head coach, and, like, the first recruiting thing that he did was he went to DeMarcus Riddick's basketball game. And all of a sudden, you look back now, or you fast-forward now to present time, and that was kind of the first recruiting efforts that he did in person. And then what happened? You beat out Alabama and Georgia for his services, which is what he had to do, right? When you were offered the job and you accepted at Auburn, regardless of sport, you know that in beating Alabama and Georgia is important. And he hasn't had the opportunity to do that on the field, and it's probably going to take him a few years to do it consistently on the field if he's even able to get to that point. Don't get me wrong. But the first step to catching up with Alabama and Georgia is getting the players that they want. And <laughs> we're starting to do it a little bit more consistent, honestly more consistent to this point than we've ever seen in the last decade at Auburn. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a cool feeling. And then, Daryl, when you look at the horizon with what's coming this weekend with Big Cat, a lot of smoke about Perry Thompson flipping this weekend. A tenth of the nation's five stars will be in Auburn this weekend, and you just picked up one, a guy that people want to play with. There's a lot to be excited about with this. This is bigger than just DeMarcus Riddick, and DeMarcus Riddick's already pretty freaking big. I am a total proponent and believer that as hard as this staff has worked on recruiting, and it's almost sad. I just want to stay looking forward and not look back. But all you really have to do is sometimes try, make the effort. It makes me think that kids wanted to commit to Auburn had they been shown some love in years past. And I think yeah. I'm, I'm a full-scale believer in recruits can I mean, coaches getting after it and working hard. Yes, it makes a difference. But I also believe, Zach, that players recruit other players. Their peers go a long way. When you get to Big Cat Weekend – and the buzz is the best linebacker in the country or one of the best linebackers in the country is on campus and committed to Auburn, I think that really helps you recruit other players. It recruits itself. And I know this staff will not rest on its laurels. Right. And will, will absolutely work even harder to get more five stars. And that's the beauty of it is there's no rest for the weary. You just got to get after it. But you've got now basically – something to show as far as proof you have an example of look this is what this this guy wants to come to auburn come join him and i, I don't uh, ever ever underestimate that it's huge look huge. at huge and look listen huge. i'm gonna go ahead and say it I, when you when you before me and you came on and went live we talked about perry thompson's instagram right and that could be good or that could be bad. If he commits to Alabama with the little, you know, him him putting DeMarcus Riddick's name out there with the smiley face, 
it kind of has them joined a little bit. I think it has mm-hmm. them connected. Um, and so what does that mean? Does that potentially that they're going to the same place that he's following DeMarcus? All those things are very exciting, and I think they're all relevant, and that could be a sign of things to come. I'm with you. I'm with you on all of that. And just the overall energy around the program at this point is at an all-time high. I mean, you're pitching hope for the first time in a hot minute, and you're you're pitching energy of, hey, we're selling it. We haven't done anything yet, and we're already you know selling more season tickets than we already have. Kids care about that stuff. They want to play in front of full stadiums, rowdy stadiums, loud stadiums. And obviously Jordan-Hare is that even when we're bad, right? As long as we're united and have something to cheer for, like, you know, it could be it could be an incredible environment. But, yeah, uh, the the Perry Thompson thing was interesting. When his Instagram story, he just tagged DeMarcus, and he had, like, a, a, a emoji smiley face type thing. It wasn't, like, a normal smiley face, but he was making, like, a smirky kind of face. And I was like, well... Is he asking him to come join him at Bama? Because we forget Barry Thompson is still committed to Alabama. Or is he saying, like, hey, let's go to Auburn together? And now that he picked Auburn. That's I, we're linked. Know, linked. I think the you got, word. Yeah, you got to feel like a Perry Thompson flip is coming, which is, I mean, has Auburn ever flipped five, a five-star from Georgia and a five-star from Bama within, like, seven days? I'm guessing no. no. I'm guessing that hasn't happened before. No, I, this is historical. I mean, let's just call it what it is from a recruiting standpoint. Sure. Um, to put it in perspective, his composite ranking was 0.9866. If you look on some different websites where they have a historical uh, Auburn commits rankings, it puts him like right behind Trey Williams and right in front of, right in front of Trevon Reed, like 12th, 12th all time. Um, 12th best recruit in all football history. Now, there's some guys in front of him that didn't get ranked the same way they do now, so they may have dropped behind him, and he may have slid into the top 10. Cadillac, Trey Blackman, guys like that. So that's interesting. But all things being equal, still, to get a guy top 12 in the history of your recruiting class or your commitments speaks to the volume of, of why this is such a big get. Yeah, War Eagle Wyoming in the live chat put something in here. Uh, here it is. Auburn fans should realize what the signals. No players are off limits or out of reach for this staff, which is a different feeling than what we felt before, right? It's like, oh, dang, Bama got him. Or, oh, dang, Georgia got him. Hugh Freeze does not care. And I think the previous two coaches probably did care. I think Gus probably backed off a little bit when that happened. Parson may not have called the guys to begin with. It's just so encouraging to think, like, even though Auburn's in good standing with somebody and they may lose that initial battle, like Cam Coleman, like, that was a bummer that he went to AM, but I think everybody's like, well, like, he's 40 minutes down the road. Like, they're not going to quit calling him because of this. And I think that's encouraging. No, I agree. I think there were certain, I don't know, territories and schools that just seemed like it was a given that they were going to go to Kirby or Nick Saban. And so Auburn was hoping, it's sad to say, let's recruit another area or let's hope for, you know, if their class is full, maybe leftovers from that particular region. And that, that's gone. Those days mm-hmm. are gone. And I, and I think certain schools and certain head coaches that you automatically assumed were Bama or Georgia leans, that's gone too. And I think the geographical footprint for Auburn is going to expand. You got a kid like Carter from out in California, the offensive lineman. 
It's been it's been forever. I think he pops this weekend. By yeah, the way. I mean Christian Westerman was a kid that we recruited from Arizona. That's the last time I remember a really significant recruit from being out west that Auburn got. And yeah. um, so I mean that's that's what you have to do. You expand the footprint a little bit. And again, that's a great point. Nothing is off limits right now. It's it's a beautiful point, and I, I think that's something that's so different. I mean, we forget because I think we move from finishing the 2023 class to getting like a million transfers so quickly, but like seven flips last year. I mean, this isn't a new thing. The difference now is you're getting guys from Alabama and Georgia. And look, um, I did, uh, I did radio in Montgomery earlier this week and I had a caller call in and say, well, it makes sense because, you know, DeMarcus Riddick and Perry Thompson mean so much more to Auburn than they do to Georgia and Alabama, the, res- the respective schools where they were committed beforehand. And, of course, Perry's still committed to Alabama. And I'm like, that's true. Don't get me wrong. They're going to have a bigger impact on Auburn's class this year than where they're coming from. But the first step in catching up to Alabama and Georgia is getting one or two of the players that they want. Then you have you got to get one or two, Daryl, before you can get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, a full class. This is just the next step in all of this because we've seen how hard this staff is working. We've seen their obsession and absolute committed devotion to acquiring talent and doing everything it can they can to build relationships. And then the next step is the dominoes are going to start to fall. And so you get the DeMarcus Riddicks. And then this weekend, you get the Carters and maybe a Reese Baker and you know the the guys that are going to be the role players, the the you know, the the parts of this class that really kind of bulk it up. And you get DeMarcus Riddick and you get Perry Thompson and you get these stars. You know, Camarian Franklin's on campus right now, another five star, KJ Bolden. Uh, TJ Lindsay. I mean, all of these guys that Auburn's got a chance to get. Um, I think, I think getting these first few were the toughest ones because now all of a sudden you can send a message and say it's okay to come to Auburn. These elite players are choosing to come to Auburn over Alabama and Georgia for the first time in a long time, Daryl. And like this is just so much bigger. It's so much bigger than Demarcus Riddick. I can't say that enough. I think too. You know the flip analogy we did have some great flips last year you know we had a flip from LSU with JD Rim we had Kyan Lee flip from Ohio State we had Woodyard flip from Alabama so Auburn had some great flips from competing against some great schools I think the yeah, difference and some, was, two of those were two years ago but yeah, two we, years ago, but yeah. we had See, several Keldrick Falk was a big one when right you get as old as, yeah. when you get as old as me sometimes those years run together but yeah, but you're, you're right. Kay and Lee. Yeah. Uh, Connor Lou from Miami. Absolutely. Falk yeah. There's the first one though, that kind of was a big boy thing where he was a five-star, right? I mean, in some, in some publications. So what makes this a little bit different is you're beating two schools head to head and mm-hmm. it's a five-star. So I agree a hundred percent with that. We've had the flips before the flips are, are obviously crucial because you're taking away from a class and adding to yours. I think the other factor or the other thing, too, when you talk about Big Cat Weekend and all the people that are on campus, don't forget that you do need numbers. So when people start to go, well, what, you know, this momentum that we've got, okay, look, you've got to get to 2021, 20, 22 in your class. You have to. Mm-hmm. And right now, Auburn, I think, is at 12 or 13. 12. The average star ranking, I think, with this is really impressive. It probably moves Auburn, I would think, top five nationally in, in, in uh, average star ranking. I'd have to look. But you still need numbers 
to complete your class and to get mm -hmm. what you want to go from a class ranking. So that's something to keep in mind, too. People don't need to get discouraged when we start loading up on offensive tackles that may not be five-star offensive tackles. You need numbers. And all well, and, and there's, there's not a lot of, like, elite tackles near us. They're all committed to Georgia, so I'm sure they're calling them and trying to get them to flip. But there's just not a lot of dudes even to target nearby is kind of what I've been told. So we'll certainly see what that looks like moving forward. But the Carter kid from California certainly seems like something. And then Reese Baker is a dude that was camping at Auburn. And he, Hugh Freeze was told to watch him specifically. And he watched him for like four or five plays. And he's like, yep, go offer him. Go offer the kid. And so he'll be a big cat this weekend as well. And look, let's just be honest here. Like, we don't need to be picky about offensive tackle. Like with our run over the last five years, like the fact that we're getting anybody to play offensive tackle is a step in the right direction just because we've had to rely so hard on JUCO guys and transfers of the like to play offensive tackle. You know, uh, I'd rather just get some of these dudes that have good frames and good feet in. And then all of a sudden, you know, over the course of two or three years, like actually develop players, which is something that it seems like the staff yeah. wants to do. That'll be that'll be something that's nice, especially with offensive line. That's just so important. It's the hardest position to really gauge and the future project. It's also the position that I think takes the longest to get acclimated to the college game. And I will say this. I know there's a lot of guys that Georgia and Alabama went after that were five star tackles that have had a lot of success. Auburn, from a developmental standpoint, has had a history of having great offensive tackles that were four stars and three stars and developing them. That went away when the offensive line recruiting basically went away. But mm -hmm. I trust this staff. It's a nice feeling to go, I really don't give a crap that he's a three-star. I look at his offer list, and I look, if, if you Freeze wants him and says, go get that kid, I want him, I think he can be developed into a starter and somebody that can, um, you know, do big things down the road. So previously, Auburn was 20th. They had the 20th ranked class in the on-three team rankings. They now have moved to 16th in the on-three team recruiting rankings. Um, they're still 7th in the SEC, which is the issue. But like you said, average player rankings, and I'm waiting for all these to update before I give those numbers. But Still, once again, step in the right direction, especially when you think you're going to add four, three or four guys potentially this weekend. It's interesting because years past, I've always – another thing that I've just kind of leaned on is Almer would have a top ten class under Gus Malzahn, maybe be ninth or tenth or Gene Chizik, and be fifth in the SEC. And people would panic and go, yeah, but you still got four schools in the conference that are better. I get that. I get that. Maybe two are in the east, two are in the west. I don't know. But you give me a top 10 class or a top 12 class nationally, I really don't care. I really don't care where the pecking order is in the SEC. It's the best conference in the land. So according to on threes, Auburn is the 16th overall class, and then they are the seventh class in the country when you look at average rating per player. Yeah, I thought they could get to top five. I was pretty close off the top of my head. That's still – Again, I, 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 again, when we when we signed kids in December, if Auburn's got twenty kids, let's say, and their average star ranking is top five in the nation, and we look at some of the offer lists with these kids that have committed to Auburn and the big boys are on there, color me satisfied. I don't care where they rank nationally with numbers or where they rank in the SEC. That tells me everything I need to know as far as a highly successful 
recruiting class. Those are two key indicators. Someone asked about Demarcus Riddick. Can he play as a freshman? And I think the interesting thing about both Riddick and Joseph Phillips, both linebackers, I think Phillips will play more edge. We'll certainly see how that works out. But linebacker is a situation where there are some dudes that could come back and use their COVID year. Cam Riley, Wesley Steiner, I believe they both could use their COVID year next year if they wanted to. But you're going to have to replace a lot of these guys, I think, because they're either not going to be happy with playing time or or they're going to move on and you know try their hand somewhere else or at another level of, of competition. So yes, I think I think he does play. I think that's a a, well. It, to me, it's a key indicator in reading the tea leaves as to why, not to downgrade Auburn University, but why he would probably choose Auburn over Georgia and Alabama as well. Is is probably getting a little bit more of an insurance or an opportunity for early playing time. And it's rare that that happens. I remember Trey Blackman played a lot as a freshman. I can't remember a lot of Auburn linebackers playing right away, but this kid is special enough to do that. Mm-hmm. I think I think I saw the writing on the wall when Georgia got the commitment from the Williams kid out of Texas yesterday, the five-star linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Auburn can sell, come make your mark, come play right away and make a mark and help be part of this rebuild. And I think that is an advantage over right now, Alabama and Georgia. So I think Auburn, or excuse me, on three and two, four, seven have Riddick as the number three linebacker in the class. But I saw, I saw a graphic that on three put out the other day that he was their number one linebacker. So I'm curious to see, I got to go find what that was. And then two two twenty. So yeah, he'll play inside. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, they've got him as like the third slash fourth, depending on where you look at player in the state. I mean, that's just, (laughs) that's that's exactly what you want. It's and exactly the state what you crazy want. Crazy this year. This state is crazy talented this year. Mm-hmm. There are years where you have to go to Florida and Georgia to get the kind of talented class. You could stay in the state of Alabama this year and do really, really well. You really could. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're doing it. And they're doing it. And that's something that they haven't been able to do consistently because they haven't been able to fare well against Alabama. And, and all of a sudden they're finding ways to compete, which is just something that we didn't. We didn't see um, when we haven't seen in a hot minute, but yeah, his size is exactly what you want. Six, two, two twenty. instincts are all over the place. I mean, he, he understands what offenses want to do. He seems like a very smart football player processes information quickly. Good first step, very athletic, very hard to block. I mean, there's a reason he's so highly talented. There's a reason every school in the country wanted him. Yeah, I, I, I also think a couple of years ago when I was looking at where Auburn had its greatest need in a recruiting class besides offensive line, linebacker popped up to me. I was like, Auburn's got to start recruiting and getting some of these really stud linebackers, and they have done a really good job so far in this recruiting cycle getting that. And again, the ramifications of this will be felt long into the summer, early fall. It, it, it's, it's the first piece of the puzzle. But I think the impact goes a lot further than just getting a really, really great five-star linebacker to commit to your class. There's a lot of different side stories and backstories to this that should make it even more exciting for recruiting in the future for Auburn. I'm with you. I'm with you, Daryl. I'm with you. The An aspect of this recruiting battle that's been fun is to see the Alabama fans, this drastic pivot, this drastic turn that they've had 
And and I, I think Riddick saw it. I mean, his, his I believe it was his mother that tweeted out about it earlier in the week, like Alabama fans showing their true colors about how, saying how they didn't want him anyway and how uh, he's not that good of a recruit, yet Nick Saban really felt it important to continue recruiting him uh, regardless of all these facts that these message board warriors want to keep doing. And I just think all the saltiness, all the saltiness that this has generated from Alabama fans, because look, they're not used to losing in this arena. They're not used to losing uh, when when you recruit in-state kids. And this is a, this may have been a wake-up call, but man, it's just such a such a sweet thing by so many different angles, Daryl. It's it's amazing to me that they're actually more salty over this than Georgia is, and Georgia was the one that he was committed to. You would think that the school that lost him, that he had already committed to, would be more, oh, we didn't need him, we took Williams in this class, we're Georgia, that kind of thing. But again, at the end of the day, they're not used to losing head-to-head recruiting battles mm-hmm. with Auburn. Uh, some of the ridiculous things I saw on message boards from Alabama moderators is embarrassing about, you know, he just wants to go there because he doesn't want to win and he wants to have fun. That's the stupidest. I've heard some stupid things. Oh, I really man. have. That's the dumbest thing I've heard a moderator say in recruiting. To, to really besmirch the kid and insult the kid's competitiveness and say he doesn't want to win – at the level Alabama and Georgia win, or even through an Ohio State, who had a quarterback that said, why do we have to go to school? Um, I, but he just wants to have fun, so he chose Auburn. Is is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Yeah, but also fun to observe because of how ridiculous oh, yeah. it is. It, what do they say? Inject it into my veins? Yes. Right? Put it in an the, IV and hook me kids. up to it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Kids the kids say that. I, I don't because I'm old, but the kids say that. Yeah. So, uh, unsurprisingly, when you look at Auburn's 2024 class now the, of 12 commits, as Riddick is the 12th member, he is the highest rated. He is uh, he is more highly rated than Walker White is, and it's um, I mean it's it's I mean he's he's got a chance to be the headliner of this class, and especially if Perry Thompson comes in. I mean, those two guys are going to be the face of this class, despite Walker White being kind of uh, the guy carrying the torch for most of the offseason. I think Walker White's 100% okay with that, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think he loves this. I think yeah. this is something he he promotes and goes after. And that's why – remember, I talked about this months ago. I said Walker White could be the best thing for Auburn recruiting in a long time because he will absolutely go after kids, tweet at kids, get in their mentions, and try to recruit for Auburn. That speaks what I was talking about, how kids recruit other kids. Walker White is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, uh, I mean, it seems like DeMarcus is the team first guy, too. So, it seems to be the kind of, an important trait of what Hugh Freeze is, uh, is certainly going after. As far as impact in regards to going into Big Cat Weekend specifically, Daryl, do you think this is something that's brought up? Or is it just kind of knowing that DeMarcus will be there amongst all these other targets and he committed a few days earlier? Is that enough? Is that is that all that needs to be done slash set? No, I think they're going to milk this for all that they can, from graphics to announcements to social medias to whatever they do at Big Cat Weekend. This is going to be spotlighted, promoted, and marketed, marketed as it should uh, to the point where uh, the kids that come to Big Cat Weekend will be bombarded. Now, you have to be careful 
when you do that because you don't want to take the shine, the spotlight, and the you know making people feel like they're really really important off the recruits that haven't committed yet that are there. You don't mm-hmm. want this to be the Demarcus. Riddick weekend, it's Big Cat weekend. And so you want to be the Perry Thompson weekend. Yeah, you 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 touch on it, but you don't yeah. overly make it all about him because then those other guys may feel neglected and left out and that kind of thing. So there's a balance there. At Auburn, I think is very astute at that. I think Hugh Freeze is probably a master at that. Right. Um, and so you want to show the love to the guys that haven't committed, but you want to announce and clear your throat very strongly and stick your chest out and say, look at us. Look at this big fish we just got. Yeah. All right. Let's answer a few questions from the live chat. If anybody has anything, drop them in there. We'll start pulling those up. But obviously, Demarcus Riddick, just a a huge deal, a huge day for Auburn. I think it's symbolic there. I think it's very fitting that the biggest recruiting win so far, the Hugh Freeze tenure was against Alabama and Georgia. Because to continue winning at the level that Hugh Freeze and Auburn fans want Auburn to be at, you've got to do that five, six, seven, eight times a year. I mean, that's that's what you're going to have to do to get to what they've, to what Alabama and Georgia have built themselves up to. That's what you're going to have to do. You don't is, have to win all of them, but you better win some of them. And Auburn was winning none of them. And that's that's the problem. When Auburn's at its best, they're, they're going head-to-head and they're getting some. Not all, but they're getting their fair share. When they absolutely struggle, they are getting Zippo. And so this is why this is monumental to me. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, all right, Chelsea fan, what does this commit mean for Hugh Freeze? I think it means that he's what he's doing, the work that he's put in, the process that he's put in place is working. And top recruits are noticing it, noticing it enough to leave Georgia and pick Auburn over Alabama. And then you obviously are seeing it with Perry Thompson. You saw it with Joseph Phillips uh, a few weeks ago, Daryl. This is... Hugh Freeze's Robert Kimdichie at Ole Miss when he got him and it was shocked the world and it was the highest rated recruit in that class for Ole Miss and he recruited very successfully. Uh, That player was big and it was program changing and it was a turner and I think that I'm not saying that Riddick will go on to have the kind of career, maybe he will, but I'm just saying that it's the impact is similar for Hugh Freeze and that was the question. What does this mean for Hugh Freeze? This is his Kimdichie. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Uh, AU Tiger says, I had a question earlier, Zach, who is our best recruiter to give credit on the hall for this class? Well, the recruit, the position group that's most populated is defensive back. And so I will go with Zach Etheridge. As far, like if you had to be really specific, just as far as the whole class is because there's so many DBs, but Zach Etheridge and, and crime dog have been, have been huge on this but look i mean aldridge has been incredible with these two linebacker additions don't get me wrong yes um and i think jeremy garrett the defensive line coach is putting in the work um i think we'll see the fruits of that come later daryl at the end of the day it's wonderful to tip your hat to these position coaches and they're doing a great job on the recruiting trail but i think your head coach has to be your closer how many times have we seen Saban go into a living room and do the electric slide and Kirby go do with the popcorn in his hand? At a high, you have to have your head coach, who's the face of your program, show interest, love, and be engaged with you and be your closer. It's just like the baseball analogy. Your starting pitchers are your position coaches, but you Freeze has to come out of the bullpen and, and shut it down 
And that is why I think you're seeing so much success in this recruiting cycle. I'm with you. Uh, all right. Jordan asks, I got to read the full thing and make sure. Uh, if Jordan asks, if Perry Thompson, along with a few other commits, a few others commit this weekend, is this the best recruiting job by an Auburn coach in their first year? Yes. Yeah, we'll see how the yes. class ends up. I, sure. I would th I would think the comparison was I got to give Chiswick a lot of credit and Trooper Taylor that first year. That 2010 class was really special with Cam Newton and Michael Dyer and some of those guys and probably had Marcus Lattimore in, in on board if it wasn't for Michael Dyer and had, you know, Lachey Seastrunk, whatever his name is, mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Michael Dyer. So there were some really good players, defensive linemen too, that were five stars in that class. But if, you know, Holden and Thompson and some of these other offense, Lindsey and Carter and those guys pop, then this ends up being the best job that a first-year coach has done. Absolutely. I'm but again, Chizik's first year, yeah, was, was the 2009 year. So his second year was 2010, just like this would be Hugh Freeze's second class. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, a few people have asked, other than Perry Thompson this weekend, who do we think – is next. And I don't know how they're, I'm sure they're going to be strategic with it. And I'm going to talk about this on Lockdown Auburn tomorrow. I'm going to ask Brian this question, our recruiting expert. But it's going to be interesting if they, because I think there's a few silent commits, Daryl, that are going to be public this weekend. And I wonder the strategy of it. Like, do you get one of those guys to commit like in the first hour in front of everybody to kind of keep the buzz going? Or do you get everybody to do it on Sunday, on the second day of Big Cat Weekend? So I'm curious on that. What are your thoughts on it? I'm trying to historically go back to when Auburn's had really, really successful Big Cat Weekends. It was a steady flow or a trickle effect over the course. Like you would get a couple on Saturday, maybe one on Saturday morning. I'd wake up. I remember getting a notification. Then Saturday evening, a couple guys would pop. And then traditionally Sunday, before everybody goes home, there's always some names, two or three names that move too. So let's just say Auburn's lucky to get three or four recruits come out of Big Cat Weekend. I think you could see a couple on Saturday and then a couple on Sunday. It, it kind of trickles down. Right. I haven't seen this kind of energy for a commitment ever, by the way. Like since, since I've been doing this, I haven't seen this kind of response to landing a kid at 4 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday. What's yeah, a realistic number this weekend, um, Tanner asks, Daryl. Uh, counting to Marcus, a lot of people said three or four. That's what I think, too. Count, counting what just happened, I would say three or four. Yeah. And that moves you to maybe 14, 15 in the class, and depending on what their average ranking is, you could just keep climbing up the charts. Yep, that's right. Um, a few people are asking you to dab. Do you mind dabbing? I, I don't. I didn't. I don't know why someone asked for me to dab again. I, yeah, I've never dabbed. I've dapped, right? But yeah, dabbing is not my thing. I don't want people to. Uh, I want people to tune into this show and keep commenting. So I'll probably stay away no, from I, that. I think we land Carter this weekend, the offensive tackle from California, and Perry Thompson. That that's that's what I'm thinking. And that's huge. I mean, that is absolutely huge to come out of this weekend. You know. I love the – here's the other thing, too. I love the fact that he committed on a Wednesday before he even came to Big Cat. Something about that really gets me excited. I really like that. 
that does that gets you excited the him committing before big cat gets yes, you excited the middle of the week wednesday right i mean we're we're a lot of the eyes and the ears are not on auburn right now and the fact that it's a wednesday it's middle of the week the do you think he, that was planned? I do. Or do you think I his do. mother, like it just worked out because his mom's birthday? I mean, it could, today. but I mean, you know, you could have waited until Friday or Saturday. And st- I mean, I just think there's there's a method to the madness to, re- to, to commit on a Wednesday, and I'm here for it. I love it. I think that was a genius move by him, and I think it just completely changes Big Cat Weekend with the buzz going into it. Yeah. Uh, Hayden Jacks asked about Malcolm Simmons. He's an explosive wide receiver uh, that's going to be on uh, on campus for Big Cat this weekend. He certainly could. He certainly could commit. I, I don't know where he is in his process and how much they've like really pushed on him. I, I don't know. But maybe. I think Cole mm-hmm. Pinkston highlighted him um, on uh, on AuburnLive.com earlier this week. So that'd be, that'd be great, too. Put him next to... You know, especially if you get Perry Thompson and him, put them next to, to Bryce Kane. <laughs> I think yeah, Walker I think White would be happy with that. Yeah, and that closes the book on Cam Coleman, which was another question. I think if you go see someone get a Sims, mm-hmm. Simmons. Maybe. I don't know if you take four receivers in this class. I mean, I people, think you would. I think you well, take Cam Coleman. Though, I guess because right? he's so good. Yeah, but, but Bryce yeah. Kane is one of those guys that's got his fourth star. Wait to see. I cannot wait to see what They're he does this though, year. Because he's, he, I think he's primarily a slot guy. I think the other guys are going to be outside players. So, yeah. you know, do you take three outside guys? You're about to lose. You're about to lose three outside guys because, you know, Mardner, Hooks, and Short are all run of eligibility this year. They're all outside guys. So, you know, why not? Yeah, I, I mean, it could. Could possibly. I mean, I'm trying to read the tea leaves there. I think that. Um, again, it's just that that seems heavy to me in a receiver class to take four, but maybe it's one of those situations where he's too good to pass up. You do take four. Yeah, Chelsea asked, what would Perry Thompson committing mean for Auburn? I think it would show that Hugh Freeze is sending a message that he does not care if Alabama is coming after you. I think it would further that message, and it would put Auburn in the driver's seat for a very, very special class. When you look at Auburn recruiting history, it'd be it'd be the biggest week in Auburn recruiting history that I can recall. It would show that the Riddick thing isn't a one-off. It would show that you know that this class could even get better, and it's not just a one-hit wonder making one guy, one five-star, kind of carry the class. And then again, I think it builds sustainability for future football seasons. That's right. That's right. So be sure to tune into Locked On Armor tomorrow. We, I will be joined by Brian Smith. He is Locked On's recruiting expert, and we'll chime in on all of this, get a national perspective on Demarcus Riddick um, heading to Auburn. Daryl Huckabee will give you some love in the meantime, my friend. Uh, DAP6410 on Twitter. You can follow me in the uh, Auburn Discord as well if you want to interact a little bit. That's right. Yeah, check out the Locked On Auburn Discord. It's free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. It's not in there currently, but I will add it after the fact. Uh, follow me on socials at Z Blackberry. Read all of our written work at AuburnDaily.com. Like the video. Please click that subscribe button. Would mean an absolute ton. War Eagle, everyone. Keep booging. This has been Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.